I appreciate that, Arthur. I think it's interesting that we major on our differences rather than on our similarities. That Presbyterian style was not a whole lot different than in any other style that I've seen. So isn't that, isn't that fun? I mean, and I'm so thankful that there are a lot of different denominations in this building at this time. And, um, and I, I love it when we just give God our heart and let him just work in us. He, you know, he breaks down those walls of division. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. I have, um, lots of different things just going through my mind this morning. <clears throat> so obviously we want to read the Christmas story because that's, uh, I find that a lot of times we just don't do that anymore. And, and this is all about Jesus. So, um, as we celebrate Christmas Eve together, we definitely want to, um, we definitely want to be reminded of Him, but the Lord is just bringing back other verses to me. And so in the book of Matthew, and you guys don't have that, uh, the book of Matthew chapter one. Now Matthew was written to the Jews. In verse 18, he says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. I'm reading out of the NLT this morning. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, and that's the prophet Isaiah. He said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means um, God is with us. So when Joseph awoke or woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until after the son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. My favorite name for Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. Because he's still with us, right? Let's pray. Jesus, we just come before you today and I pray, God, that you would just lead us and guide us as we celebrate the first coming of the Lord Jesus. Father, we're so grateful for the things that you have done, Lord, on this earth, but more specifically to us individually. I thank you, Lord, for salvation. I thank you, Lord, for healing and for blessing our life. I thank you, Lord, for communion, Lord, that we can talk with you and you will talk with us. Father, we just thank you for all the blessings that you have given us. And I pray, Father, today that we would walk in your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. So, you know, it's funny to me, we we spend a lot of times talking about Mary. <clears throat> Mary would not have been chosen if she had had a, a deadbeat that she was engaged to. He basically was choosing the couple. He chose Mary, but he also chose Joseph because Joseph was an honorable man. And Joseph would be the stepfather to um, to his son, right? And so he knew it was going to take a special man. <clears throat> you know, if a woman comes up to you today and says, I think he's done it again, right? 
the virgin has conceived and I'm pregnant, but I, you know, you just, something wrong with that girl. And um, so it has never happened again and will never happen again. It was a one-time thing when, when Jesus came and because of the Holy Spirit, um, he planted the seed in virgin and she bore um, a child and it took both of them. In um, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, I was going to read quite a bit of this, but I'm just going to read, I think, one verse. Verse 4 says, um, well, when the right time came, I love the King James, and it says, when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a, a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom from us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own sons. Why did he come? He came for you. He came for you. He came to restore you. When we were in Africa, a man, the very, seemed like it was the last day we were there, three gentlemen came up. They were partially inebriated. And um, so we were talking to them, but the one of the guys said, tell me the story from beginning to end. I want to know it all. Right? And so... Um, you know, when a preacher doesn't know exactly what to say, he turns to his friend and says, Dale, go ahead and take this. <laughs> and Dale started in the garden and he started talking about how God created Adam and Eve. You know, it's scientifically proven now that we all came from one, one couple. Did you know that? The Bible is being proved all the time. So we came from one couple. God came down and he talked to Adam and Eve every day until sin entered in. And when sin entered in, it broke that communication. And God didn't, you know, he, he didn't get nervous about this. He didn't wonder what he was going to do. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it's the first prophecy of Christ. He will bruise his heel, but but he'll bruise his head, right? And so... God wanted to restore that kind of communion, that kind of fellowship with man. And the way he did it was by sending his own son. We heard the other day that Jesus was always God, but he was not always man. Right? So Jesus took off the glory. He didn't take off being God, but he took off the glory of being God. And he humbled himself and became a man. This verse says... But when the fullness of time had come, at just the exact right time, when all a prophecy, that one version I read said, the peak moment for the prophecy to be fulfilled. There was lots of prophecy written about Christ, right? That, that he would come by a virgin, that he would be born in Bethlehem. All these things were prophetic. What Paul only uses that phrase twice, right here at the fullness of time, but he uses it one more time when the fullness of time, you know when that is? The second coming of Christ. I'm telling you folks, we are celebrating the advent, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as he came as a, as a baby, as he humbled himself and became a, a, a child. But one day, the church ought to be looking forward to the second advent of the coming of the Lord Jesus. Because he's coming back. The first time he came to make us sons and daughters, right? To bring us out of the law. To bring us out of sin and the pit of despair. He can restore anyone that will trust him. 
Thank the Lord Jesus. I want to go over to, um, and he makes us sons and daughters. Hallelujah. So this is the portion of scripture that we pretty much always read. It's Luke chapter 2. I know, I think we've got this up on the screen. Luke chapter 2. It says, at the time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken since Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all returned to their own ancestral town to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the glory of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in the manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. And saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. King James says she pondered these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Micah um, 5.2, Micah was the prophet that prophesied that, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Everything that happened, happened in God's timing, right? That, that Augustus decided to do a census that made them go back to, to Bethlehem because Joseph was of the, uh, of the family of David. But Bethlehem, the name Bethlehem means house of bread. I think that's interesting. The bread of life was born in the house of bread. Amen. So it really became the house of bread after Christ was born there. The light of the world has come. I always, I have one verse, I think it's verse 13. Suddenly the angel was joined by a host of others. I circled that verse and out beside it. And I said, it was not a silent night, right? I'm telling you, I think all of heaven lit up with the glory of the Lord. You know, every time people get in God's glory, there's brilliant light. They shine, right? Moses got in in God's presence for 40 days and they had to cover him up. They couldn't stand to look upon him. I can only imagine how these shepherds must have been scared, right? Uh, 
And the very first thing he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of God. You know, Christians are the only people that run to a fire, not away from it. Right? When the fire is burning, when it, when it, when the glory of the Lord, the Bible gives us a promise that the glory of the Lord is coming back to the earth like the waters covered the sea. I'm telling you, I can't wait. I cannot wait for the glory of the Lord to begin to inhabit this place again, right? I'm telling you, we're moving further and further away from God in our country and in not just in our country, in this whole land. But I'm telling you, there's coming a day when revival is going to hit not only America, but this whole world. And the glory of the Lord will shine about us. Jesus' birth announcement. He didn't go to the kings. He went to the shepherds. Isn't that great? See, the shepherds were the lowest of society. You know, Paul said, there's not many great among you. Well, we got Mike Wilson here, but <laughs> there's not many noble. Why? Because God comes to the ordinary. Will God withhold it from anyone? Absolutely not. But God, when he began, when he wanted to take the gospel, when he wanted to show the world his child, he went to the lowest of the low in, in society. Now, there are no low people, right? We're all created in God's image. But I'm thankful that he did not leave out. He didn't leave out the people that we would. You know, there's a lot of churches that just wouldn't want certain people. I I got news for you. You can come here. When other churches say no, you just come on here. Now you're going to have to act right, which that might be... (laughs) Amen. You know, the world didn't have room for him. And every time I read that, my mind always goes to the same place. Do I? And do you? You know, I I find the world is crowding out Jesus every day. And we have got to make sure. That's why, are you going to have service on Christmas Eve? Absolutely. And Christmas Day, if it falls... If Christmas falls on a Sunday, don't even ask me those questions. Yes, we're going to have service, right? Because it's about Jesus. The cares of this life choke off the word is what the word says. And so the world's going to try to get you so busy where you forget who you are, who you belong to, what you're all about. And I just encourage you. Make sure that you find room for Christ every every day of your life. God's glory frightened the shepherds. And when he comes the second time, the glory of the Lord is going to frighten a lot of people. When the rapture of the church happens, folks, and I believe it's imminent. When the rapture of the church happens, they're going to come up with a lot of excuses. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to throw this world into shock. They're not going to know what to do with it. But what they better understand, the second coming is quickly behind it, right? Just a few more years. The announcement of good news of great joy. Amen. You know, if you preach the gospel any other way, you're preaching the wrong gospel. The gospel is good news of great joy to all people. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? To all people. 
So we need to tell people of the goodness of Christ. How much he loves them. How much he wants to... You know, sometimes the church makes makes the gospel story all about the rules. Well, you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to look this way and you got... But that's just nonsense. We just need to kick that junk out. The gospel is Jesus coming to you to save your life so that you are now, your ears are open. You can hear the voice of God. You can listen to him. He will speak to you. He will lead you. He will guide you. I love 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says he took our sin and he gave us his righteousness. What a trade, right? That's the gospel. The gospel is Jesus came as a baby. He humbled himself, Philippians 2 verse 5. He humbled himself and became a a child, a servant. He did not come as a king's kid. He came as the lowest. Matter of fact, the very first time when they go to to the church to make the offering, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but their offering was pigeons. That's the offering of a poor person. Now, later on, when the Magi came and gave them gold, and I think probably everything changed about, about their household. Gold was a, was a gift that you would give to the king. Frankincense was a, a gold, a, a gift that you would give to the priest. And myrrh often used that in burial, but it was a sweet incense. So praise preceded the entrance to the king. Every time we come before his presence, we ought to come before him with worship and praise. That's the way, that's the right way to introduce, to to come into God's presence is with praise. The shepherds left praising God in amazement. So don't dismiss what you don't understand. I love that. Mary didn't understand probably a lot of the things that she was going through. Now, there's lots of prophecies about Mary. You know, this is going to pierce your heart. She knew that, that she had born a special child, right? She, above all else, knew that she had never been with a man, that this was a, a God thing. But still yet, there was, she did not understand. She did not dismiss it. She pondered it. I'm going to tell you, as a believer... There's going to be many things that you're going to come across that you're not going to understand. There's going to be scriptures that you read that you're going to think, I I don't think I get it. Don't dismiss it. Ponder it. Because the Holy Spirit will come back and he'll make that alive to you in the right time, at the right season. Amen. Would you stand with me? All you Nofsayers. That said I wouldn't be done in an hour. I want you to see that. (laughs) Thank you for making time for Christ today. And I encourage you tomorrow to do the same thing. Before you open all your gifts, whether you open them on Christmas Eve or, or whenever you open them, just say a prayer. If you don't want to read the Christmas story, at least say a prayer. Teach your children It's not about all these gifts. It really is about Christ. You know, so celebrate Christ in your Christmas. Father God, we just come before you right now. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful Advent season. As we have looked forward 
for the last month, we've looked forward to this day as we get to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords coming to earth as he humbled himself and became a man. Father, I I just can't get it out of my heart, Lord, that soon and very soon the second advent is coming, that one day we're going to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, is going to split the sky open. He's going to come back again for his bride. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, during this season, that every person under the sound of my voice would know that they know that they know that they're ready for the second advent. They're ready to meet Jesus. And Lord, if there's anyone here that's not ready, Father, I'm just going to lead them in a prayer of repentance. And I pray, Lord, that they would repeat it to themselves, Lord. But Father, we say, Jesus, we ask that you forgive us of all of our sins. We ask that you would come into our heart, be our Lord and Savior. I pray, God, that you would open our ears to hear your voice and that we would follow you all the days of our life. Let us walk in forgiveness every day. And God, if we have any unforgiveness towards others, Father, we yield that to you also. Lord, we forgive others as you forgive us. So, Father, may each one of us leave this place today knowing that we are right with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask Denny to come and um, end the service. Again, I'm not going to meet you at the back door, um, but God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. God is so good. So good. Uh, I was thinking about that, that story in Luke chapter 2 last night, because... I don't know if you're if you're my age or older. You remember a Charlie Brown Christmas, where Linus would recite Luke chapter two, and uh, remember you know kids always reenacting it around Christmas time, and it was always uh, such a quiet, solemn way that we remember it. But there's a reason that the first thing the angel said is "Don't be afraid," right? Because this was a, a scary thing to see. I mean, have you read the description of angels and? In Scripture, it's like wheels covered in eyes and wings and, and all this crazy stuff, and it's loud. And uh, I, I guarantee that at the end of that, when the shepherd said, let's go to Bethlehem, I guarantee there was one guy in the back that said, I'll meet you there. i got to go change pants first. <laughs> because this is not something that I've, I've ever experienced before. So, uh, But the, this was a joyous time, right? The, the coming of the King. It's, it's such a wonderful, wonderful time. Sorry, I, I quit. Raise your hand receive the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you and may He keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord live His countenance upon you and give you peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Merry Christmas.